Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, had a nice long weekend visiting with family up in the uh, up in the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, so that's actually where I spent uh, the first two and a half years of my professional career working in local te- television as a reporter producer. So it was uh, nice to be back in the old stomping grounds and uh, take a few days off from writing and podcasting, but it is nice to be back with you guys. Nice to be talking to you, even though I'm not actually talking to you. I'm just sitting in my home office talking into a microphone, hoping that somebody will click download on their favorite podcasting app, hopefully Himalaya, (laughs) and listen to what I have to say. But it is nice to be back after a little layoff there, no show. Yesterday, obviously, but we will have three shows this week unless something crazy happens that I have not foreseen. So on today's show, I want to talk about a few things. First thing we're going to do, Nick Ward as a pro. The NBA draft is this week, this Thursday, and right now you can actually go over to Spartans Wire. Uh, You can go to my Twitter account, too, at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L, two underscores, and read about uh, my thoughts on, you know, where Nick Ward is right now as he departs Michigan State, what his professional prospects look look like moving forward, and kind of, you know, I guess, what does the, what is the scenario in which Nick Ward ends up playing in the NBA? I kind of lay out strengths, weaknesses, and then what does his, you know, good progression into a professional basketball player in the NBA look like. So I'll be doing that, excuse me, with Nick. Uh, Tomorrow you can read about Matt McQuaid. And then on Wednesday you can read, wait, on Wednesday, tomorrow you can read of a, Today's felt like, a, or yesterday felt like a Sunday. Today feels like a Monday. I just, I don't even know what day it is right now. Today you can read about Nick Ward. Tomorrow you can read about Matt McQuaid. And then Thursday you can read about Kenny Goins. It's all going to be the same sort of thing. Strengths, weaknesses, uh, pro prospect type situation. But uh, on today's show, I will sort of talk about what I think of Nick Ward's chances there. Uh, we'll see how long that takes could be one segment i plan on it being one segment might stretch into two if it stretches into two uh, i also want to talk about michigan state we got an opening line for michigan state hosting tulsa to open the football season i want to talk about that because i think it's kind of funny and interesting uh the reactions to it certainly uh you know i I found interesting enough to write about it (laughs) On Spartans Wire. And then if we do have time today, I want to talk about some expectations for uh, Michigan State as a football program. Kind of where things sit right now compared to Michigan, compared to Penn State, Ohio State, different teams in the Big Ten and nationally. And just sort of where Michigan State is. And that's a little bit bigger of a topic. So I think most likely that'll get pushed to tomorrow's show uh, where I'll do maybe a Matt McQuaid segment and then a couple on that more broadly, so I don't have to force it in like, you know, five minutes today. 
Uh, so that is the plan for today's show. Reminder, I'm still taking submissions. If you want to co-host a segment, email me a pitch, lockedonspartans at gmail.com, just what you would talk about. Uh, if you were co-hosting a segment of the show with me, they've gone well so far. I've got another one coming uh, later in this uh, week from Sam Mullen, uh, an avid listener and a really smart guy. I really enjoyed talking to him about some things, some uh, superlatives for Michigan State football. Uh, so that'll be later in the week, probably Thursday show, maybe Friday. We'll see. I think I'm going to stick to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, but we're just going to kind of play it by ear. So definitely send in those submissions if you want to be a part of the show. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. Trip is the word I was trying to say there. I said trip, and then I just kind of stopped. I don't know why. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Okay, let's talk about Nick Ward and his professional journey. Okay, so uh, after flirting with professional basketball and I guess the NBA draft uh, after last season, Nick Ward gets feedback, comes back to Michigan State, puts together a really outstanding first half of the season. Things seem to be going well for him. He's developing. He's improving on the defensive end, uh, adding some dimensions to his game, a little bit of improvement in the passing right, a little bit more uh, of range in in terms of a jump shot, not stretching it all the way to the three-point line, but showing the ability to consistently hit from whatever, 16 feet, 17 feet, kind of that mid-range game as a uh, alternative to what he does, which is get his giant butt into the post and go to work, as Tom Izzo would like to say. Uh, so he breaks his hand uh, in a you know a tough spot, really terrible time to suffer that sort of injury because you know, it gives him enough time to come back. But by the time he does, Xavier Tillman has stepped in, played huge games, huge minutes down the stretch, and Michigan State has sort of shifted from uh, a team that plays an inside-out game with uh, Nick Ward dominating some post touches and then working it out to the three-point line, and that was the offense that they were, were working, and then Ward goes out and Tillman comes in, and you start seeing a lot of things that look more like uh, NBA offense, pick and rolls, high pick and rolls, pick and pop, a lot of screens, a lot of bodies moving, a lot of uh, movement from the bigs. You know, with Xavier Tillman, he moves so much better than Nick. Uh, he's a better screen setter, and he does a lot of grimy type things, and then is able to crash the glass as well. And Michigan State, you know, gets on a roll, and then by time Ward heals up. Uh, you know, he gets Wally pipped and he's relegated to a bench role. He's got to struggle to get back conditioning. That's the tournaments here. How is he going to get worked in? And he ends up being, you know, really for the last stretch of games there and an energy guy who's going to come in, try to block some shots, play hard, play aggressive on defense, use his five fouls, grab some big rebounds, crash the glass and get limited touches on the offensive end. And so it's just not the way uh, the season was certainly tracking for Ward uh, in terms of it was looking so good. He was looking really good, having a great season, first team all Big Ten type season, and then it, it, it goes downhill for him. So a little bit of an up and down season. Certainly the, the team had many great highs, and I think he played a big role in that despite lack of production in the tr- traditional sense that we're used to from him. 
So all in all, I think a, a season that he can take a lot from. Uh, but he decides at the end that you know after his junior season, he is ready to take his game to the next level, whatever that is. Uh, declares for the draft and does not withdraw. Uh, moves on and is now uh, you know getting ready to start that pro career. And you know the NBA drafts a couple days away here. And you know Nick's done the 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 visiting, working out for a handful of teams here and there. Uh, he was with the Pistons, I think I saw. He worked out with maybe Sacramento or Mem- some other teams. I've seen him being reported as working out with some teams, uh, and that's good. You, you know, you don't want to. <laughs> this is certainly a very bad sign <laughs> if you're not being asked to even work out for teams. Uh, he wasn't invited to the NBA Combine. He was kind of a, a fringe guy for that, and someone who is not expected to be drafted uh, in the NBA draft here in a couple of days. I will say... I don't know, about three weeks ago, I had this really weird and vivid dream that the Miami Heat took Nick Ward at like 38th overall or something like that, 34th, 38th, uh, and everyone was stunned. And I was watching in the dream, and I was just absolutely stunned because at first, and this is you know how dreams tend to work sometimes, Nick Ward was actually taken, I think it was fourth overall in the NBA draft. And everyone was just like, whoa, that is way too, what are they do? What is going on here? And then uh, everyone looked back up at the board, the draft board, a big draft board. And instead of fourth, now it said 34th, I think it was, or maybe it was 38th. And everyone was like, oh, well, that's a little better. I mean, it's still a little overdrafted, but it's second round at least. That makes a little bit more sense. So uh, take that what uh, take that for what you will. Uh, I think if you know anything has has been proven to be true in this world is that dreams are incredibly predictive, have near one hundred percent accuracy rates, and you should take them to the bank. So Nick Ward going to be drafted thirty eighth overall by the Miami Heat. You heard it here first. I don't think the Miami Heat draft thirty eighth overall. Pretty sure they don't. Uh, I'm not even going to check. It's not worth checking. But Nick's not going to get drafted. Uh, on Thursday, and you know, McQuaid's not going to get drafted. Kenny's certainly not going to. Uh, but yeah, I guess Nick. If you had to rank them in in terms of percentage chance they get drafted, uh, I would say between the three of them, Nick has the best chance. Although I would put it at about uh, half a percent right now. And then go, I mean, McQuaid might even be a little bit higher. McQuaid might be 075 percent or something like that, and then a point zero zero one for Kenny Goins. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, but yeah, Nick's, uh, Nick's odds of getting drafted are really low. He just he hasn't done the, he you know wasn't invited to the pro combine and, and just hasn't done the different things that second round pick type players, uh, you know, you see with them, like not projected into any of these two round mock drafts or anything uh, like that. So it's it's just not looking good in terms of draft for him, but but there is still I think a path to the NBA for him, and I think uh, after he goes undrafted, he will have an opportunity to sign with uh, a team in the G League for summer league. Summer league starts pretty quickly after the NBA draft, and it is a spot where a lot of you know fringe players really have their best 
first best opportunity to show, hey, uh, I was missed out on. Hey, maybe you want to stash me at the end of your bench. Hey, maybe uh, I'm worth a spot on your G League affiliate. And the nice thing is right now for Nick Ward, and this is something I touch on more in the piece, is that if this was 20 years ago, Nick Ward would probably get drafted just with his ability to score down low and uh, dominate inside out. Uh, he, you know, the passing was improving, playing defense, he was moving his feet better, and he was someone who can square up one on one with the big in the post and hold his own defensively. He wouldn't have been considered a true liability like he would now because the game is moved from these lumbering big men to you know, multiplicity, switchability, uh, five guys on the floor who are between six foot four and six foot nine who can guard one through five and you're getting put in pick and rolls and you have to have great feet on offense as a big, you have to be able to stretch the floor some uh, or have absolutely elite rebounding skills or do something that is just so worth having you on the floor that you can't be, you know, you earn your minutes that way. Like think Enos Cantor, guy who's a sieve defensively, but is one of the best offensive rebounders, probably you know, either him or maybe Andre Drummond are the best offensive rebounders in the game. An incredible post player can step out and hit from the mid range and can really pass it for a big. And that's sort of, that's what you have to be if you're going to play in the NBA as an absolute sieve defensively. And I think Nick's sort of looked at like a guy who can't play defense in the NBA right now. It doesn't mean he'll never be able to, um, but right now he can't. So yes, he took, uh, I don't know, like he's just sort of out of his era, right? The, the league changed in the middle of his development when he was a sophomore, a junior in high school, when you start to really figure things out and add different skills before you get to college, the the NBA landscape was shifting and what Nick specialized in was slowly getting played off the floor in the NBA. So that that's a tough break for him, but what's sort of a silver lining of that is had it not worked out for Nick 20 years ago, 15 years ago, played in the NBA for a minute and it just didn't work out. His NBA career was would have been done. He would have gone overseas. Guys go used to go overseas and just they didn't come back. They never really were given many opportunities. Uh, the overseas, if you weren't a really young, talented type player getting drafted, just not a lot of guys came back from playing overseas to reestablish an NBA career that sort of fizzled out. And today the G League is really starting to become a place for American college players, really any players, but like American college players who are fringe NBA players who need to work on things, who have some NBA skills and need to work on them. Uh, the G League is becoming a viable place for them to sit, uh, play, whatever the, the games are. They're the 50-game schedule. They're in the G League, learn with professional development staffs, be a part of a professional organization, and be a, you know just a quick phone call away being an affiliate uh, the way that te- most NBA teams now have G League affiliates. So that's really something that I think Nick can take advantage of here for at least a couple of years uh, and give that a, a real shot and see if he can sort of change and grow into a player that can see time in the NBA. Uh, as for what he needs to do, we will talk about that after this quick commercial break. 
Uh, reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Download the show on, uh, you can actually get it pretty much everywhere. Locked on Spartans, you can get it on uh, the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. Guys, it is 2019, and these days shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit, guaranteed. Twillery offers non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more, and these are really high-quality shirts. Uh, it's worth it to get that four or more bundle, $55 each for a shirt this quality uh, is is legitimate. And even better, they have free shipping and returns, so you can try on some twills risk-free. Yes, you heard me right. You can try on Twillery dress shirts completely risk-free. If you don't like it, send it back, but you're going to like it, and you're going to want to get more. And right now, listeners to my show can get $25 off their first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash lockdown and entering the promo code lockdown. That's promo code lockdown for $25 off. And guys, uh, if you're just, if you need shirts right now, if you need a dress shirt, if you need a golf shirt, if you need, you know, these untuckables are awesome. If you're in the need for new shirts right now, just go to twillery.com. Uh, you don't even have to buy anything at this moment. Go there right now and just browse through the shirts. They have so many friggin' sweet shirts. I was just on the website the other day looking through uh, to get some Twillery shirts, and like, there's so many awesome shirts there. It's just, it's if you're someone who likes having nice, high quality shirts for work, uh, for going out for a date night, for going to the bar with with your buddies or whatever, uh, you gotta check these out. So Twillery.com/slash locked on. One more time, Twillery.com/slash locked on, and get twenty five dollars off your first purchase. Okay, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's keep it going with this uh, Nick Ward discussion. So I think most likely we're going to see Nick end up playing in the Summer League this year. Go undrafted, sign with the team, play in the Summer League. Uh, Maybe if he does really well there, I don't think he'll be eligible or be a guy that's going to be a two-way contract type thing. I don't think he'll see the NBA uh, this season and we'll sort of see how things develop from there. Uh, but I think Nick can really benefit from playing in the G League. You know, the money's not outstanding. It's I think thirty grand for uh, you know a shortened type season, a forty fifty game season uh, that lasts. Uh, you know, just part of the year. It's something that guys do, and then they have to find other ways to make money to sort of cobble the bills together and you know be able to make a solid living. But um, and it's not the, the, there's more money overseas right now, but if you want to play, if Nick wants to play in the NBA, I think he needs to spend time in the G League and accept that sort of role and really work on developing things. Because right now, you know, his strengths are kind of obvious, uh, his post skills, uh, he's got great feet for a guy his size in the low post on offense. And that gives me optimism that uh, you know the, the the footwork and the skill we've seen there, the nimbleness, if you will, can translate to the other side of the floor uh, with the proper work, with the proper dedication and coaching. Um, you know, he's a great big in transition, and that's something that does translate well to uh, the the modern game. He's someone who runs the floor really well, and it's more than just running the floor because. A lot of big guys can run somewhat well and get to the rim, and then what? Uh, Nick 
is a, a like a, a load. He's a huge dude. He's a train. Once he gets going, he's someone who you kind of can't really get in his way. It's almost like not that it's nearly the same situation, but if LeBron James is breaking somebody down uh, or running in transition and coming with a full head of steam, you just kind of get out of the way. And with Nick, it's it's similar. It's like a fridge running down the, f- the, the floor. So he's someone who just can barrel his way to the rim with great strength and has outstanding hands. He's a great receiver of passes in that game, that rim-to-rim running that he does in transition. And that's something I think teams will sort of see that See, we've got this huge guy who's got great hands and great feet and a lot of skill, a lot of touch around the basket. There's something here to work with, and that's something he can do right away is run really hard and transition and get easy buckets. Uh, Pro teams are just like any other team. They want guys who can get buckets efficiently and easily, and that's a way Nick can do that uh, really well. As for uh, other skills, uh, Nick has what looks to be the sol- a solid foundation for what could be a good jumper. Uh, he doesn't get to showcase it much, didn't get to showcase it much at Michigan State because anytime he did, Tom Izzo would pull him aside, yell at him, and tell him to get his you-know-what in the post <laughs> because that's just how things worked at Michigan State. Um, but whether it was the desperation threes, at, not really desperation, but the threes, uh, end of the shot clock were oh, crap, Nick's got to take this shot, and he hit him. Uh, I think three for three in his career, maybe four for four from three in his career. Um, but more so the square up uh, post game, the extended post game where he would ca- make a catch 16 feet from the basket, um, take uh, a little bit of like a, a, a dribble uh, with his back to the basket, turn square up, uh, and hit a baseline jumper from 16 feet over a guy who he had a mismatch with or you know, when it made sense in that situation. And there, there are times where if you just watch him shoot two, uh, shoot around practice type situations, pregame for sure, uh, it's a nice looking jumper. It's definitely something that can be worked with. And I think he knows that. I think he's seen the writing on the wall. Uh, and it's something that he's been working on. If Nick came back to Michigan State, I'm not sure if he would be allowed to, but I think had he been allowed to, he would have been able to stretch his game even further to the perimeter because I think there is enough of a skill set there to work with that it can. it's something that can be developed. And if Nick can develop into a reliable three-point shooter, uh, that's certainly going to increase his chances at one day playing in the NBA. The, the problem is it's just there's no, literally no track record of it in a game. He's taken three or four threes in his entire career. Uh, He doesn't take many jumpers. His touches come on the block. He's layups and dunks, uh, not a lot of jumpers. So it's going to be something that, you know, doing it in practice is one thing, but being able to take what you can do in the practice facility and bringing that to the floor every night and being a consistent threat uh, that has to be guarded from, you know, further than 10 feet away from the basket that's a whole nother thing. And that's something he's going to have to prove. Uh, we'll see what happens in summer league. It's certainly, I'm sure he's been, you know, working out with teams and things like that. I'm sure he's been taking shots from the perimeter and trying to prove to teams that he can hit deep shots. We'll see if he gets a shot in summer league, what he looks like if he's taking threes or if he's just, you know, back to the basket type things that we saw at Michigan state. But that's, uh, 
you know, that's something that I think we don't think of with Nick. We don't think of him having a great jumper. Uh, but I think it, it's certainly there, certainly something that there's enough, like I said, enough of a foundation for him to work on. The biggest thing I think for Nick, the biggest hurdle to get over in terms of getting to the NBA is going to be on the defensive side of the floor. And I think it has to do mostly with just the, the shape that he's in, the way he's built. Uh, and I don't know how much of this can be changed, but I think Nick kind of needs to go through a bit of a transformation. And that stuff can be tough. Uh, we saw uh, Draymond Green do it, and that's really something positive for Nick. He doesn't have to look very far to see someone uh, you know, go through the type of change that I think he needs to go through. He needs to continue to lose weight, uh, especially in his upper body. He's really big in the upper body right now, and he needs to get bigger uh, you know, his hips is like the lower body. If I was a, a, a talent evaluator and scout, I would say like he needs to flip <laughs> what he's got going on. He needs to add uh, some size and strength in the lower body and then slim down up top and just become a more agile athlete. Someone, uh, if you go back and watch a Michigan State game, watch Nick after a rebound or whatever, when the ball is, is going from one end of the floor to the other, Nick always did this thing where he had sort of like a hitch, giddy-up step, uh, if that makes sense, before he really would get running. It was he almost had to gather himself, go up, settle in on his feet, and then off he goes, starts running down the floor. And it just is sort of an unathletic move. It just suggested that it took an extra half second for him to gather himself before he was ready to make an athletic play. And Nick, of course... You know, judging on the scale of the world, is a good athlete. He was a Division One basketball player, uh, but I think he needs to get in even better shape. He needs to become more of a quick uh, athlete, get a better second jump. That's something. Again, just look at Draymond Green. Draymond is not an explosive leaper. He's a really solid athlete. He's a big body. He's physical. And for his size and strength, he moves well enough. But the thing he does so well, aside from just being a defensive savant, is he's got an incredibly quick second jump, which helps him be a great rebounder, which helps him be a great shot blocker, and someone who can contest anywhere against anyone and is never really out of position. And that's something that I think Nick can really develop on, is just getting more nimble, being a more consistent, fluid athlete, because like I said earlier, he's got good feet. He's got good hands. He's an instinctive shot blocker. He's shown the ability to rebound at times. He's a big body. He's a big, strong kid. And I don't think he's a bad athlete. I think he just needs to become a more fluid, more nimble athlete that's able to move from the block to the wing to you know the high post back to the other corner because he's going to get put into screens. He's going to have to move. He's going to have to be all over the place. And I think he can handle it. Uh, you know, thinking the game and thing, uh, you know, the, the mental aspect, uh, you know, being physical with guys, he's not going to get pushed around at the next level. I just worry about him being able to move well enough to keep himself uh, on the floor at high level basketball. Because the NBA, if you can't move in the pick and roll, the opposing team will put you in the pick and roll 100 times in a row until your coach forces you or until it forces your coach to take you off the floor. It happens with really incredible. It happens with like 
DeMarcus Cousins, who's just an incredible offensive talent who can score a billion different ways and is an absolute bull in the post. Just Nick Ward on steroids, and he gets played off the floor because at times he just doesn't move well enough. And that's going to be, I think, Nick's biggest hurdle is being able to be more of a fluid athlete to keep himself on the floor in the defensive end. If he can do that, and that's a big if, uh, Nick has enough basketball skill, enough intelligence to be able to hang around and play at the NBA. But it's going to be a couple-year process for him, and he's going to have to undergo, uh, I think, some big changes. So I'm certainly rooting for him and hope it all uh, you know, works out in his favor. But there is certainly an uphill grind for him. I hope he gets a chance. I hope he sticks with it in the G League uh, for a couple of years, and we can see him become you know, a guy to realize his, his fullest, the the fullest of his talents, because he's a super talented basketball player, does a lot of things really well, has some NBA skills already, but it just needs some fine tuning in some areas. And then some drastic changes that are just going to take time, uh, a ton of effort and dedication and, and a professional approach to training, which, you know, Michigan state's a great place to develop, but it is not a job. Uh, as much as it is a job, it's not a job. There are restrictions put on coaching. There are restrictions put on how much time people can spend, how much time Izzo and assistants can spend with these guys. And you can only bend the rules so much in the NBA it, or even in the G league. It is a full-time job. You are working with professional development in the off season. You're doing Uh, different things, adding different dimensions to your game. It's just a different level. And I think Nick needs that sort of professional development to really have a chance uh, at being an NBA player in a couple of years. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, I ran long, so we'll do Matt McQuaid tomorrow. Maybe it'll take the entire show. We'll see how things play out. Definitely 100% going to talk about Matt McQuaid the same way we talked about Nick Ward here on today's show. And then if we have time, maybe talk about that Tulsa line. Uh, Maybe talk about uh, program expectations. Maybe that gets saved for another time next week because it's not pressing uh, because the NBA draft is coming up here in a couple days. So thanks so much for listening to today's show. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Send in those pitches if you want to be on the show. Uh, Yeah. That's about it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Until then, go green.